It's me again. <laughs> Andy's going to be back next week. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, I'm excited to be here this morning, excited to be able to give the message. And uh, we, we've been kind of going through this little short mini series about our perspective and how we can kind of change the way that we view things to um, have a better outlook on our life, to see things in a different point of view to see it in God's perspective instead of our own because he knows uh, how we should think and how we should feel and and how we should act. And so he sets that standard for us and and we should go along through there and follow that. And it's kind of like, you know, my life would be so much better if I just saw things the way that Maddie sees them every time and just knows that she is right and that's the way I need to live, right? It just would be so much easier. But, but we've been kind of going through there. And so if you guys will turn with me, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning, starting in the 12th verse. And so last week, we kind of just to do a recap on everything, um, we, we started and we, we talked about um, why we face difficult things. And it, kind of looking at it, not so much as, as all of these bad things are happening to me and I am causing this or Satan is causing this, but maybe that God is using these moments in our lives as a test to prepare us for what he has for us in the future. And so we, we, we go through these difficult situations and it leads to a dependence on God. We, we seek him out. We are honest with him. We care more about our relationship with him and, and where we're standing at with him versus our, our own relief in something. And so um, the question that I have for you guys this morning is, why do you go to church? Why are you here this morning? Why did you come to this building at 10 o'clock in the morning? Some of you were here at nine o'clock this morning and, and the, the, the yard needs to be mowed. It's the, the last day of the weekend and Monday's gonna hit you like a brick wall and you know that you've got all of these things going on. You've got your second third cousin's niece's nephew's birthday party that you got to go to this afternoon. You haven't picked out a present. Everybody's expecting you to be there. Why, why are we here? What, what's the purpose of it all? And so, you know, some of you here, you might, these might be, you know, your answers. You know, I was raised in church. That's just what you do on a Sunday morning. Or um, I, I need a pick-me-up for, for the upcoming week. I'm just, I'm really down and, and I need somebody just to kind of speak some truth into me and, and get me going for the rest of the week. Well, I want my kids to be raised in church. I'm doing it for their benefit because they need it. Or, or I don't get out that much. And so this is kind of a, a, a social uh, part of my life where I can get to push my kids downstairs for a little bit, let somebody else watch them, and I can just kind of sit up here and, 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 and talk with some other people and, and just kind of have that adult time, you know? And, and, and whatever that answer is for you this morning, I just want you guys to kind of keep it in mind as, as we read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, because I think that we kind of need to change our perspective on why we as Christians, why we as people come to church on a Sunday morning. And so uh, if, if you're there, we're going to start in the 12th verse, and it says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. 
If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Because if the whole, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Stay with me. I know there's a lot of bodies and and hands and different things on there. Just stay with me. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the part of the body that seems to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administering, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts? And I will still show you a more excellent way. Bow with me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we just, we come to you this morning and, and we are so thankful just to be able to be in your presence, to be in your house this morning, to recognize that, that this building isn't um, the church, but we as the body, we are the church. That, that we are um, a part of something that's so much bigger than ourselves and that, that we can, can learn from this, that we can um, apply it to our lives. And so I just ask this morning, dear Heavenly Father, that... Um, as we open your word and, and, and break it down and, and try to understand the, the ways that you have for us, that, that we would just accept it, that we would soak it in and, and, and let it move us and change our lives drastically. These things I ask in Jesus' name, amen. And so if, if, if you are taking notes this morning, which I highly recommend, it's just easier. You, you retain so much more information. If you are taking notes this morning, you've got it, the bullets in there right in front of you. It's got a little notes section. It's got, you've got a pen right in front of you. Take notes, okay? Like we, we are here to learn and, and to go out and do things. And so the only way that we can do that is if we retain the things that we are learning. Don't just let it go through one ear and out the other. Because the first thing that I want you guys to know this morning is we are the church. It's not about this building. It's not about this place. It's about Christ living in each and every one of us and using us to form the body of Christ with him at the head of it. And so this is our new perspective. This is the way that we need to start seeing things. And I know like it's something that we hear day in and day out and it's, it's one of these big things, but sometimes I just think we let it go through one ear and out the other. We don't look at it at, at, and, and just bask in the greatness of how important it is and how awesome it is that we get to be the body of Christ. That, that we're not just something that is, that is underneath him, that we're below his feet, but we are the actual body of Christ. 
And so verse 12 says this, for just as the body is one and has many members and all of the members of the body are one body, so it is with Christ. You see, Paul was writing to the Corinthians at this time. And the thing about the Corinthians was they were kind of, they were getting off track. They were kind of losing focus as to why the church was there. They were, you know, arguing about little minor things. They were, you know, kind of doing things their own way. They were more focused on their human desires than what God was wanting out of them and his desire for the church. And so we see that um, they were kind of getting off track. They, they weren't focused on what God was trying to do through them. They were trying to tell God what they wanted him to do. And so Paul, being the you know, awesome guy that he was, he's like, oh, I'm going to have to line him out a little bit. But he done it with love, you know? He, he cared enough about them. He wanted them to be on the right track. And so he wrote them this letter to kind of show them what the church was made for, what the purpose of us as, as people are for. And so I think that he gives us three different things, at least, in this passage of scripture that we just read that, that kind of breaks that down for us so that we can see what our purpose is here in this life, what our purpose here as a church is, is, is meant to be for. And so the first thing that if you're taking notes again, write this down. The church was meant to be unified. It, verse 13, it says, For one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. This was written kind of around AD 55, and the Jews, they were trying to live by the old customs and, and follow the, the old law, and the Gentiles were being brought in, and they were just trying to learn everything and understand it all. And so they were, everybody was kind of confused, and they had their own opinions and their own ideas of things. But at the point that Paul was trying to make was it didn't matter whether you were a Jew or a Greek, because we are all a part of the body. We all have one thing in common, and that is Jesus Christ created us. He was the one that died for us, for, for our sins, and that, that God created us all in his image. And I think sometimes we, we lose sight of that. We, we, we're driving down the road of a, you know, on our way to work or on our way to um, back home. And, and, and we, we get to driving and we see this person in front of us and they cut us off and we're ticked. Like we're so mad about it. And, and, and we forget the fact that Jesus died for that person just as much as he did for me. That, that whenever our, our spouse, that whom we love so much, I don't want you guys to lose the sight of that, but we, we, we get mad at him, we get frustrated and we're like, why can't you see things my way? Why don't you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Why can't you just look at it from a different point of view? That never happens to me, but I'm just saying like, you know. <laughs> but whenever we get that way and we allow that to happen, we forget the fact that Jesus loves that person just as much as he loves me. That he cares for me and, 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 and he cares for them. And so I don't need to be wrapped up in all of this meaningless stuff that, that we're getting into a fight over or I'm worried about or I'm stressed about. Because the main thing is, 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 is this person was created just like I was. God knows the number of hairs on his or her head just as much as he knows the number of hairs on mine. And so um, what is the point of, of being unified, of, of, of having this outlook on, on that we should all be together? And it's because we're stronger when we're together. 
We, we um, whenever you look at something like that, that verse in Ecclesiastes that Solomon says that, that three chords or three strands of a chord are not easily broken. And, and it's so true because the, the stronger, the more that we are together, the more that we are unified, the more we reach out further, the more that we are able to, to do things throughout the world. One person can make a difference, but it's surrounding yourselves with other people that are like-minded, that have the same goal as what you do to reach out further. You know, it, it, it's so cool because we, just like uh, the kids at nationals, they went to that, that national convention of Free Will Baptists, and you get to see so much um, cool things that are being done throughout the whole world. You get to see how a little church in Lebanon, Missouri is, is giving towards, towards state ministries, towards national ministries, towards international ministries. And, it, and it's all about this, this group that is unified as, as the body of Christ and, and working towards something to, to, to reach out further. And so it, it's kind of like, like that rope, that rope outlook on, on you know, putting more strands together to make it stronger. This, this week I had a, um, a tree limb that fell down in my front yard. And I mean, half of it fell down. I mean, it was this huge limb. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to move that. And so I tried to pick it up and I mean, it just wouldn't budge. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty stout guy, you know? So, I mean, it's a big limb, you guys know. So I go over there and I grab this limb and I, I take a, just some like baler twine and I kind of tie it up and I hook it up to my lawnmower and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna pull this thing out, you know, and pull it over to the back of the, the, um, our property. And I, I go to pull it out and I mean, I'm just going back and forth as hard as I can and that baler twine snaps. And so I go out and what do I do? I go get something a little bit bigger, a little bit heavier, a little bit more, you know, meat on it, you know, a big old strap. And so I get that strap and I hook it up. And I mean, I just yank on it, pull on it, and it will not break. And I finally move it. And that's the same outlook that we need to have as Christians, that whenever we put ourselves together, all of us as threads and, and, and build up the body, then we can reach out further, that we can do things. We can move mountains. We can break down obstacles. We can bust down walls that, that we are struggling with because we can do it together. And that's exactly why God created the church, because he wanted his people, he wanted his children to be unified. And so um, we see the next thing that, that, that Paul shares with the Corinthians, and he shares with us this morning, is that the church was meant to serve. And so write that down, the church was meant to serve. Verses 14 through 31, Paul was still using this body analogy to describe how the church was supposed to function. And one of the main things that we can get out of this Bible, out of the story of Jesus and, and his life and his ministry, is that Jesus didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. That he came here on this earth for us instead of for him, because we needed him. And if you look back in, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, it kind of goes through there and it, and it gives us a, an example of how we serve. And I think it's the main example of how we serve. And so it says in, in, in Matthew 28, 19, that go therefore, this is Jesus speaking right after his resurrection, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so, you know, it doesn't matter that we are different and that we have, uh, we might look different, we might act different, 
But the point of it is that our unified body will go out and we will do amazing things. And we can all be a part of that. We can all go out and, and, and do what we are supposed to, we are called to do, and that is share the gospel, to let others know who Jesus is, what he done on this earth, and, and what he done for us, for each and every one of us. You know, we, we look back at this, at this uh, body analogy and, and we look at a baby and, and we see, you know, the baby, it has legs, but does it know to walk? Larry's got Quaid. You know, they just had a baby. Quaid's, uh, you know, a, a growing little boy. He's strong, but he, he can't walk yet. He doesn't know how. And that's exactly the way that we need to look at what we're supposed to do in the church, how we're supposed to serve. You might not know exactly where you're supposed to be at, where, what God's purpose for you is in your life, but it takes training and it takes teaching and it takes understanding and learning. I can tell you from, from my own experience, like whenever me and Maddie first started coming here to church, like I had no idea where or how I should fit in. What, what did... First Church, Lebanon, Missouri, need from Luke Feeney. And so I, I just kind of sat there and kind of started hanging out, and, and uh, we actually left and didn't come back to this church. And Andy called me one day, and he's like, hey, Luke, he goes, uh, haven't seen you in a while. Where you been? And I said, well, I said, I don't know. I said, I'm just, I don't know if I'm really feeling this or not. Like, I don't know if this is the right place for me and Maddie to be. And he said, well, really? He goes, what's, what's going on? How can you feel that way? And I said, I don't know. I just don't feel like, like we're connected and, and we are part of anything. And he, said, and he said something that was really like just spoke truth into me. And he said, what are you doing about it? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? What am I doing about it? Like uh, the church is supposed to do something about it. Like I, it's not my job or my duty to go up to somebody and say, Hey, how are you doing? My name's Luke. I should be welcomed. I should feel like this way. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but what I am saying is sometimes we need to take our, our, our own steps and, and kind of reach out and, and, and put ourselves out there. Like just because you might not be a teacher doesn't mean that you can't help in children's ministry. Just because you're not a, a outgoing person doesn't mean that you can't be a part of the greeter ministry. And so it's finding these things where you can serve because that's what God calls us to do. Like how awesome it is, is it that we can go out and we can share the gospel with people, that we can tell of all of the blessings that God has given us and, and, and let, that be a, that, let that be a witness and a, and a way that, that we can serve our God, that people can know, wow, that, that's, a, that's an awesome thing that God has done in your life. That's, that's so amazing what, what God is doing through you and, and what he is using you for. Because I'll promise you one thing, like I never thought I'd be up here talking to you guys this morning, three and a half, four years ago. It terrified me. Like I, I started doing announcements for a little bit, me and Larry did. And like, I would walk up there and I'd just be like this, just shaking and I'd sweat just rolling off of me and everything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not for me. But the more that you are, are trained and the more that you, are, that you learn and the more that you are in God's word, the more that you'll be able to see what God is wanting to use you for. And so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's part of this, this body that 
even whenever I'm walking and, and I have legs, th that's not the only thing that is being used to walk. We swing our arms. We use our, our back to keep us up straight. We use our brain to tell us, you know, what foot to put out in front of the other one. And so it's, it's this unified outlook on that even though I might not be the best in this situation, I can help in this situation. The, these, these decorations that you guys see up here, like the, the, the VBS director had no idea what he was doing. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Had no idea about decorations or anything like that. But, and so I am so, so thankful that, that the people that came out yesterday came up, came up and, and helped decorate because I would have been completely lost. Like the only thing that, that I really did that I can take credit for is that rock. And you can't see it because they tucked it behind the waterfall because it looks so bad. <laughs> so it's, it, I, you know, but you can help. You can do something to, to just be a part of something, to, to help out and, and just to be there because we work as a body and whenever we are unified and, and just because you don't know how to do something doesn't mean that you can't take orders and take directions on, on something else. So, so know that, that the church was meant to serve, that, that it is important and it is biblical, and that's exactly what Jesus does. And so um, there, there was a, uh, an article I, I read the other day about why people leave the church. And it said, and th these are kind of some, uh, some quotes from some different people that left a certain church. And it said, the worship leader refused to listen to me about the songs and music that I wanted. The pastor did not feed me. No one from my church visited me. I was not about to support the building program that they wanted. I was gone two weeks and no one called me. They moved the times of the worship services and it messed up my schedule. I told my pastor to go visit my cousin and he never did. And so, you know, it's, we shouldn't get this idea that we, we're not supposed to be ministered to. We're not supposed to be pastored. We're not supposed to have... Um, uh, a, 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 the church is not supposed to help me. But I think that we've kind of lost track of this outlook on what the church is exactly supposed to do. We, we've, we've taken church membership and being a part of the body of Christ and turned it into like a country club membership where I pay my dues and I get the benefits from it. Does that make sense? Like, is that understandable? Is that relatable? And so, um, it doesn't matter, you know, what part of, of, of ministry or, or different things that you are, but you all bring something to the table that, that the body needs. And, and some of you are, are kind of like, oh, I know what body part I'm at. I'm an appendix. <laughs> I don't do anything. <laughs> I'm just here and I'm just useless, you know? And, and that's not the case. And here's why. is because actually... Now, my wife might say something different. She's a nurse and she knows all this stuff. But I found research where it shows that the appendix actually does have a purpose. It's supposed to protect the, the good bacteria that's in the stomach. And they just kind of came out with this here a couple of years ago. And it's a theory. But it's something that I always question. Because we, we see all of these different things and people say, oh, it's from evolution and, and uh, we, we don't use it anymore because we don't need it. But we know that God was the creator of our bodies, that each part has a purpose and has a meaning and it belongs right where it is. And so it just, it, I couldn't fathom why something would be useless that God put in our bodies. And there's the answer right there is it's not. It has a purpose just as much as anything else does. 
It's, it's used to protect good bacteria from the body. And that's what we need to recognize is that we are not useless, that we belong and we are meant to serve and we do have a purpose and we can use those purposes to glorify God, to bring other Christians or, or other people to know Christ. So don't be afraid to step out and step up and say, hey, I'm here. If you need me, let me know. Because, because you're not gonna get to receive the blessings and see God work in your life if you're not doing anything but just sitting there. And I know that that, that might sound kind of harsh and I don't wanna come off that way, but it's something that we need to know. That sometimes like this, this idea of church being just a, a, a social club and, and just a part where I can come in and check the box because I was here for an hour and, and, and I done my good deed for the week. I, I go to church, yeah. Are you a part of the church? That's what we need to ask ourselves. And so the, uh, the third thing that, that uh, Paul teaches us is that the church was meant to love. In the last few verses of 12, Paul says this, Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And so what is that more excellent way that he's talking about? You know, it just kind of ends in, on that chapter, and that's the last verse, and you don't really understand, like, well, what, what's he talking about right there? But you look in, in chapter 13, and, and guys, I don't think it's a coincidence that chapter 13 is all about love. And I think that's exactly what Paul is wanting us to know is, is that if we do these things in our lives and we, we, we try to serve and, and we do different things, but we're doing it for the wrong reasons, we're not loving while we're doing it, then there's no purpose of it. You say, well, I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a teacher. I'm not this. It's okay because you don't have to be. As long as you are seeing where God is at work at and following him in, in those certain things and doing it with a loving approach, then, then that's the highest kind of a, of a gift that you can have from God that you can receive. That's the, that's the most important thing. Like that's what he wants you to get. Because, you know, you look back on, on one of the most famous scriptures in all of, in all of the Bible, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And if you take that love out of that scripture, what's the purpose of it? Like, do you understand why it really matters? It, God sent his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's no purpose to that. It doesn't have any meaning. Well, what kind of God would that be? Why would he want to kill his son? Why would he send his son to death? Because he loved us. Because even though that we didn't like apologize for the sin that separates us from him, for, for seeing the way that, that God does miracles and, and use Jesus here on this earth to, to pay the perfect sacrifice and to die on the cross and to raise again, that we didn't say sorry for that. And then he was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. But it was because we were still sinners. Even though we were still sinners, he still died for us. He did it out of love. And that's something that we need to realize. It's just like last week, whenever we were talking about happiness and joy and, and, and joy being something that we do and not just something that we feel, the same thing goes for love. It's a verb. So use it as one. Don't just feel love and, and be loved, and, and, and act, but act lovingly. Show your love. 
You know, it, it's sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you want to give up and you don't want to be loving and you don't want to uh, uh, go that extra step for somebody that's hateful or that's rude to you. But that's exactly what Jesus does for us every single time. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We couldn't do anything. And yet he died on the cross for our sins. Isn't that amazing this morning? Like, doesn't that just want to make you say amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's get it. Because it's so awesome. And so that's that's the whole reason um, why we should be glad to do these things. That we should should take more of a role and and, and be more of a part of our church instead of just being at church. So the next time that you're asked to do something or maybe God is putting something on your heart and you're wanting to be a part of something and you're seeing where he's at work at and you're like, okay, I'm ready to do this. And you have the chance to be a part of it. Do it with love. Be excited. Don't, don't or, or, or let me say this, for, for some of you that are in all different kinds of, of the ministries here and that serve over and over and over again, I'm so thankful for you guys. Like, that's awesome. But don't let whatever ministry you're in wear you down to where you don't have love for doing it. Don't let it tear you down and and think, oh, I'm just so overwhelmed or I I can't handle this or, oh, I've got to teach another Sunday school class again. Great. Because if you do that, then you you lose all of the enthusiasm and and all of the praise and, and people don't see that light up in your eyes whenever you're excited to be talking about God and the things that he has done. And so, so do everything, do it with love. So going back to the question that I asked earlier, you know, why are you here? The answer that I think Paul wanted us to know more than anything is that we belong. That this church and the, and, and the people that we are surrounded with, that we belong together that this was what we were created for, this is what we were meant for. We have a purpose. He used this analogy of our bodies to show us that no matter our differences, our walks of life, where we come from, just because we disagree on certain things doesn't mean that we weren't supposed to belong together. You know, me and, me and Jerry Morgan, we, we, we have this cool relationship where we can just kind of mouth each other back and forth and we can just say certain things and, and not get under, under each other's skin. And, it, and it's fun, but you've got to watch that sometimes because, you know, sometimes that can come off wrong. And, and just because me and Jerry have differences on things and see things in a different light, we can joke about it and, 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 and feel like, you know, we're still, we know that we still love each other. We know that we still belong as a brother and sister in Christ together. And so it, it's a part of God showing us that, that, that we belong together. And so, you know, it was one of those things that... Um, as a, as, a young, as a young person, as a teenager, it was one of those things that I always kind of struggled with, not belonging. And I don't want you guys to think that I had a bad life or anything or bad parents or, or, or bad relationships or anything like that. I had a good life, a great life. I was raised in church. I, I, was, I was loved by my parents. But there was those times in my life where I just, I just felt like I didn't belong, like I didn't I didn't know where my life was going. I didn't know um, what the purpose of it all was. What, did God care? Did he, was he even real? Did it even make sense why I, was, why I was even here? 
And it wasn't until that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior that things finally started connecting, that, that I found that I was loved and that I was cherished by God, that he sent his son for, for my sins, that, that he knew me before I was even created, that he knitted me in my mother's womb, and that, that he has plans and, 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 and purpose for me for the rest of my life. And that's something that, that I, I, I realized later on is that the things that I was going through, the things that I were facing, the struggles that I had with, with why I was here, where did I belong with something, was not just something that I was feeling, but it was a spiritual battle that was going on inside of me. And I think a lot of times that we lose that fact that, that this is a, a spiritual battle that we have to face and that we've got to fight head on because Satan, you yourself is going to tell you and you're going to knock yourself down and you're going to say, I, I don't belong here. I don't need this. I don't need these people around me. But it's not until you're a part of this and you're a part of the body that you do realize that you do need this. That, that you are loved and that you are cared for and that, that this unity and this, this service kind of attitude and this part of, being, of belonging to something that's bigger than ourselves, that's why God created the church. That's why God made this for what it is. It wasn't for his benefit, it was for ours. So as we come to a close this morning, stop looking at this church as a, as a place or, or something that, that we do to make you feel like a good person. But start looking at it as something in a different perspective, that God created this for us. That, that we, just to show us how much he loves us, that, that he created the church so that we were unified in this, that, that, we were, that we get to serve him and share the gospel with others, that we belong with him. And let this perspective really change your life. Don't go away here this morning and think, I've got this all under control. Don't, don't go away from this morning and, 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 and get up and, and just walk out those doors and check that box and say, oh, I went to church this morning. Start being a part of the church. Start realizing that you belong here, that you matter, that you are an important role in this, this community, in this body. Don't doubt that. As we stand this morning and, and, and as we pray, dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we are just so thankful for all the many blessings that you've given us for our town.